Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mohammed Sharif Abdel Halim was the architect of a plan by the so-called Toronto 18 terror group to blow up trucks filled with explosives in the city of Toronto, downtown. Abdel Halim has just been granted full parole by the Parole Board of Canada. It's another surprise announcement by the Canadian justice system, but is this a release Canadians should accept? Our guest, and my good friend Scott Newark, thinks maybe, yes. Scott is a former Alberta prosecutor and senior policy advisor to ministers for public safety. Very serious business, and he was sentenced to some serious time in prison. Uh, But, Scott, do you think this time the parole board may have engaged due diligence? Well, I think the important thing is that people appreciate, and, you know, I think we're gaining more and more awareness of it, that there is a process, it's governed by law, and there appears to be, uh, you know, more details granted in the uh, media stories about this guy's release uh, than, for example, what there was about Paul Bernardo having his security classification downgraded. So uh, the guy, you know, um, got a life sentence, and I've gone back and reviewed it because I had some involvement in these uh, prosecutions. Um, and, um, you know, he was, uh, without question, he was uh, uh, an Islamist extremist. His family is that. Uh, he was born in Egypt. He'd come uh, to Canada as a kid, but he was raised in Canada. Uh, it appears as though there may have been an element of greed that he thought he could make money off of this as well, too. But they had, uh, the RCMP and CSIS had informants, and he was characterized, as you, as you know, and your listeners probably remember, this is back in 2006 when they shut the whole thing down because they had these informants giving them information. And so he tried to argue, he delayed, I believe he was the last one actually convicted, and he tried to argue that, well, yeah, he did everything that was said, but he was actually entrapped and he shouldn't be convicted. And the judge rejected it and gave him, um, I think with one other one, uh, one of the other offenders, what was then the maximum sentence of uh, life imprisonment and set his parole eligibility at uh, 10 years. Now, eligibility does not mean entitlement. And so he was in custody and it looks as though he wasn't given credit for specifically or that the board just continued to extend it. But a lot of, as you know, these guys get um, pretrial custody credit when they're considering their parole hearing. But it was in 2021 when he was uh, actually allowed uh, day parole, as you mentioned, uh, January 2021. And, you know, that had specific conditions on it, and he was ultimately assigned to a community facility. And uh, what this decision is is to, in effect, um, downgrade the supervision on him. He's allowed now on full parole. He doesn't have to be in a uh, a public uh, community facility. He's got a couple of very general um, conditions on him. And, uh, but that is the way that our system works. And I think what's the most important thing is that we as a public get to know the truth about how these decisions are being made because it is our justice system. Yeah. So the parole board uh, sort of sprang this one. Although, if you wanted to find out what was going on, I suppose you could, you could have. 
And uh, the, that's what upsets people. Uh, Abdel Halim is going to have, as you said, just two conditions. He must abide uh, by, while he's in the community, not to be in a position of responsibility or leadership in any religious or spiritual groups and not to associate with any person known to be involved in criminal and or radicalized And by the activity. way, that first condition is important because his father, who was an engineer and is still in uh, Egypt, uh, is a radical Islamist and is the head of an Islamic institution. And according to evidence of the trial, actually gave a fatwa to his son before the uh, arrest, approving the attacks on these facilities. So he's got some murky background, and uh, that is definitely something that we need to keep an eye on. Yeah, have you heard, any, by the way, have you heard anything uh, more about, uh, about Bernardo? Only that uh, the delay goes on and the reporting on it, it appears, you know, how strange. It appears that the, uh, you remember that the, it was released that the parole board had notified the minister's office back in, um, I think it was in early March, about this case. Well, it, it appears that they gave the notification to the minister's office before the process even made the decision to reduce his classification. How interesting. Uh, How interesting. Because they had already decided what they were going to do, and the process itself is something that was just a rubber stamp. Yeah. I've, I've recommended that the uh, House of Commons Public Safety Committee should be looking into this case the way they did that uh, other one, Eustachio uh, Cariz, the guy who was the, the uh, killer in uh, Montreal. Uh, because we definitely need to shine okay. some light on exactly what the process is here. Okay. In this case, I think, is another example of the importance of that and to see and to make sure, you know, that there is, in fact, some monitoring of his activities. Yep. Scott, you have to be in a halfway house for that, but there needs to be some monitoring of his activities. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.